Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. The Hitting the Turnbuckle Podcast. First come back. Give me a hell yeah. Welcome everybody back to the Hitting the Turnbuckle Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Burrows, and as always, I'm joined by my illustrious co-host, tag team partner and good friend, Mr. Adam Cousins. Adam, how mm. are you, my friend? Are you like me? I haven't slept in nearly 24 hours. WrestleMania has killed me a full day at work, but how are you, mate? Yeah, just as tired as you, uh, and obviously, you kind of thought WrestleMania was big, and then we get this announcement today about the WWE being sold. Yeah, we are going to get into that. We are going to get into yeah. that, but Matt, we have some... Great guests joining us today, my friend. What a time to review WrestleMania. Mm. Former WWE wrestler, current dark player and good friend of this pod. We can say that now, right? Adam, who have we got on the podcast? Yeah, you said that we had a returning guest that we loved on. And I wondered what Matt Edgar was doing here. Oh, um, but anyway, Matt, um, sorry, we couldn't get, we couldn't get Melina. <laughs> No, look, we had a well, we had a Matt on a couple of weeks ago. We loved the fact that he was a wrestling fan. He had a great passion, a great creative mind. So we thought we'd bring Matt back on. Matt, good evening. And I'm cheap as well, so <laughs> it, it all works yeah. out perfect, don't it? So yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I can be a co-host of this as well now, can't I? This is like the second time I've been on in oh, a week. So you're part of the family now, Matt. You guys. You're part yeah. of the family now. And then but... our WrestleMania guest. So you're a bit below that, Matt. WrestleMania guest. Obviously, last week we had the lovely Marina Pe- Melina Perez on. She was an absolute sweetheart. Today we're joined by somebody who has been to WrestleMania, a part of the WWE, uh, been a part of one of the amazing tag teams or trios, shall we say, uh, in the Wyatt family with the late great Brody Lee, and probably one of the most creative minds in the business in in Bray Wyatt. I probably shouldn't say this, but he's probably got the record for losing the quickest match at WrestleMania when he went one on one with a great one a couple of years ago. Um, he has since appeared on AEW television, and we can't wait to speak to him. Good afternoon, I think, to our guest, Mr. Eric Rowan slash Redbeard. <clears throat> good afternoon, and uh, I think it's evening out there for you guys, so good evening to you. <laughs> it is, it is indeed. Uh, Eric, we can got to kick this off. WrestleMania, two nights, seem to blow everyone out of the water, what did you make, someone that's competed in WrestleMania, which we will get to momentarily, what did you make of the two nights that we have just witnessed? Some people are calling this the greatest WrestleMania of all time. What did you make of what you've seen over the past weekend? I, I didn't see much. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I um, I was wrestling in Canada during Mania Week, uh, and then uh, my last show was Saturday night during Mania, so I missed mm-hmm. all of the first night. And uh, the only the only match I had interest in watching uh, was uh, Sheamus, Gunther, and oh. Drew. So I watched Brock and Omos, and I saw the next match, which was that amazing triple threat match with the great story and even better brutality, which is what I love in wrestling. Yeah. So obviously I was chopping at the bit to see what those guys came up with and did, and they did not disappoint. And I think the crowd appreciates a, a good beating. <laughs> it was an absolute, we spoke, I know Adam, and we spoke on our last show that, you know, this is one of the matches we were looking forward to. Yeah. They didn't fail to deliver. Uh, I thought it was an incredible, it was brutal. 
I couldn't take one of them chops. No less. I think Seamus got up to 29, bro, something like that. It was absolutely brutal. I thought it was one of the best WrestleMania matches ever. But um, Eric, just tell us briefly, what's it like in the build-up to WrestleMania? What's it like competing in WrestleMania? I mean, it, we said on our show, we had Melina Perez on last week, and we said it just looks crazy. And that's only what we see on TV. What was it like for you personally in the week up to Mania, the build-up? You know, you you were with one of the most creative minds in the WWE. You had you got to have a match, quote unquote, with The Rock. I mean, how was it for you personally, Mania Week as a WWE superstar? <clears throat> uh, I mean, everything's hectic and churned up. I mean, you think. TVs and the stories you heard of TVs all being last minute. I mean, you know, you got mania coming. A lot of stuff is planned out, but like a lot of that stuff happens last minute. I mean, I didn't know about the match with the rock until like two days before. So it's, it's just stuff like that. That's like, uh, it's different and heightened because I think the crowd is, you know, is, is, is crazy hot for everything. To begin with, they're you know, you sell up the WrestleMania before you even announce a match because it's not the matches, it's you know, the environment and you know the talent we we feed off of the energy of the crowd. So like, you know, it to for people to have those moments and experience those things is great. And those that don't make the show, I mean it's a kick in their butts and it makes them wanna, you know break out the next year and try harder and do whatever they can to make it to that biggest spectacle. So it's, you know, it's a hectic, crazy week filled with emotions of highs and, you know, for some talent, really bad lows. Mm. What was it last one before I find over to Adam, what was it like? Obviously you said you found out about the match with the rock a couple of days before it. What was your reaction? And obviously it, it, it was a short segment, but it was a great segment. I No one's seen it come in, you know, let's not have a WrestleMania moment. Let's have a WrestleMania match. Boom, off come his, off come his, off come his pants. And next thing you know, rock bottom, one, two, three. But for you personally, what was it like when you got told that you were going to have that, that segment with The Rock? I mean, to me, it's better than doing the Andre the Giant, the Memorial Battle Royale. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. <laughs> uh, but 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 obviously, you know, as like, you know, a man that's that's proud of everything that I try to do, I try to put pride in stuff I do. I I want to have a match. I want to, you know, put on some time. I want to do some things. So, you know, not being able to, you know, it's a letdown. But like, you know, you you're asked to do a certain thing. It's what you do. And that's what the segment wanted. They want it for the segment. They want it to have that record at, you know, that place with that many people for that match. And, you know, that's what you, that's what you do. Uh, I always, I always joke, if you go back and watch the tape, I took a rock bottom and an attitude adjustment, but who's the one helping Bray to the back after he takes the rock bottom? <laughs> so <laughs> I, I still sold all the moves, so, you know, they still hurt, but, <laughs> it was a great segment. It's a great segment. Sorry, go on, Adam. No, I was just going to say, we, we sort of segue, but um, obviously, what is like the differences between you started on NXT with the Wyatt family, you, you kind of, you were tag team with Brody and and, and, White and Bray on that. The differences between sort of NXT and WWE at that point, did you notice a difference when you went up to the, the main roster or was it just we're kind of carrying on with what we're doing just on, on Raw or SmackDown? Um, I think I think it, the the Wyatt family 
we we weren't the same white family we were in NXT that we were on the main roster. Okay. Yeah. And a lot of that had to do with just the way things changed with the 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 vignettes and like the aesthetics of the three of us and like it 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 changed slightly than from what it was because I think NXT was truly a developmental in the fact that we were still trying to figure out what we wanted to do and and how we wanted to do it and just little things like if you look at my attire you know it was all thrown together in NXT because one day they're like oh we want you with the the wide family for you know you'll be the second son oh what am I gonna wear oh I have this 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 coverall farm suit okay I'll cut the sleeves off and it kept ripping on me and then I had to find a different one to wear and then it eventually turned into the green jumpsuit which I had on the main roster so like just the aesthetics or you know even the mask you didn't see that to live in yet yeah. so like and th those were things that were just sitting in my trunk and it, like like you said developmental it's like trying stuff until you have a finished product and then it evolves from there so that's kind of the difference between the two there and uh then it's just a matter of like evolving like who you feuding with who you storylines with how the three of us work together each three of us are completely different people and you know having to feed off of each other you know once the silent killer once the deranged psychopath and once you know the, the 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 guy who speaks all the the rhymes and has reasons for doing things that we're doing mm, yeah matt what was your impression when you first saw the uh the wyatt family is it we know you're a huge wwe fan and a historical wrestling fan when you saw the Wyatt family burst on the scene what was your first impressions i th i thought it was incredible when the, I mean, from the NXT to the W, when they got called up to the main roster. And I personally think that they, you know, WWE could have done so much more with that faction. I mean, what did you think when you uh, first saw the White Family? Well, exactly. And it doesn't surprise me the style of wrestling that you like as well, in terms of what you enjoyed from WrestleMania on <clears throat> base of what we saw with the Wyatt family. But it kind of brings me to a little bit of a question as well in the fact of, was there anything that wasn't completed? Because you mentioned there about like the evolution and the evolving of the Wyatt family to a, a finished product. Was there anything that potentially we could have seen or you was hoping to see that never quite made it to broadcast i know my own personal experience when i played at the world championships the last time i had a hulk hogan inspired shirt and i wanted to do the whole hulk hogan real american walk on but they said you can wear the shirt you're not getting the music so i kind of had it watered down and missed a few bits was there anything that you sort of hoped would get to tv but just never kind of got past that would have been quite cool so we would we would do things where we would kidnap people like you know we would take Kane and like what did we do with them we wanted to show like have these like weird like VHSs release like you know with the the things and it would not it would it would tell more of a story of who I my character was and who John Harper's character was mm -hmm. as far as like I'm the silent guy who's like trying to be nice and feed Kane. And he's the guy like put the food away. We were like, what's wrong with you? Like, I wanted to show that dynamic. They wanted to show the dynamic, but it, they they were like, oh, we can't show you actually like what you do when you kidnap the guy. Uh, <laughs> so it's, it's 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 stuff like that because like uh, it's mm. it's character development, yeah. and mm. I wish we would have had more 
we weren't just the background guys. I wish we told more about who we were as far as like, why are we with him? And then how do we interact with each other? You know, in a non-funny way, people might smile at it, but it's, at the end of the day, it's still creepy. I mean, you watch, you know, Leatherface and and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and he's got the the older brother um, who basically tells him to stop dressing up and wearing people's skin. Uh, and there's and there's a camaraderie between those two, and you learn a little bit about it in movies. So it's it's in wrestling, it'd be nice to have that veil kind of taken off sometimes. And that's one thing I wish. They would have told her earlier on because I think it it took a while for people to start to kind of understand who we were. Mm. What was the creative? We hear it all the time now. The creative mind of Bray Wyatt. What was it like for you, like coming up with some of these segments? We've seen recently. You know, obviously he's not in WWE TV at the minute, but one uh, Paul uh, Triple H gave an interview for BT Sport over here, and before they before Bray come back into the fold at WWE, he was asked. What is one of the assets that he brings to the table? He said his creative mind literally never stops. Was we did you get that impression that he's literally creative, creative, creative all the times? And like you say, there were so many more things you possibly could have done with the Wyatt family. What was it like sitting with Bray as, as the character and as the as the person that you know when he was coming up with all, all these creative ideas? <clears throat> no, I think I think a common misconception uh, is that only certain guys are creative like mm. it, when when i'm creative he has totally in mind of what his character is where it wants to go but i think there's so many guys up there that have that creative mind about what they want for their character and all these pitches and ideas that they they, they give out and not all of them are going to be listened to mm. and the same with Wyndham. like he'll have all these ideas and they might take a part of that idea and put it onto a plate and say, okay, you know, you're going to digest what this is to the audience. And he's like, Oh no, no, it has to be the whole thing. You're like, you're a chef. And like, they won't understand it. If you just give them the chicken, like we, we need to saute the chicken and do this and that. So like, I, I think, uh, it's 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 nice that he gets you know props from hunter and all that for his creative mind but i don't think uh, along with a lot of other talent that's up there i don't think their full pictures of their own creativity is being being done you know in the correct form at all times and you know that causes probably friction within the office and the talent and mm -hmm. uh i i don't think Wyndham's um, immune from that. I'm sure he gets frustrated because um, I, I know when we were all down there together, we all got frustrated. Like I said, we were trying to pitch yeah. stuff where we would be more than the background guys, and here's why. And the, the creativity with that and trying to work together as a cohesive unit kind of sucks sometimes when you're only given so much to show. And mm. uh, I know it's kind of a long-ended, weird answer, you know, but... Uh, you know, obviously great, great to work with them and like mm. have the mind there. But like, you got to remember, we all had different ideas of what we wanted. Mm. And you, when you, when you have <laughs> three personalities trying to pitch different things uh, and you're, you're going to have hurt feelings and things along the road, but you're all going to get along 
because you have business to do. And I think uh, it's kind of telling right now, just like, well, what what's going on with him now? And it's like the same thing. Is, is he presenting what he wants to present? Is he not? Like, I don't know. Mm. Do you think that WWE <clears throat> dropped the ball with the White family? Because like I said a second ago, I think they could have done a lot more. Like Adam said, like creative-wise, it could have gone so, so far. And a lot of fans I've spoke to, like we mentioned that you were coming on, they were like, oh, man, I wish they had done more with the White family. It was good. And then Bray obviously ended up with the title. And they kind of, again, dropped the ball. And different scenarios play out. You know, different people's careers going different paths. Do you think, though, that WWE did <laughs> drop the ball a little bit with the Wyatt family? Because you've only got to look at things like the bloodline now and long-term story that me and Adam mention all the time. In your opinion, could WWE have got more out of you three? And maybe if they had this in turn, I'm not saying they can take every idea and do it, but do you think WWE dropped the ball slightly with you guys? I mean, you, you can say in hindsight slightly, like, yeah, but, like, that's all that's all hindsight you know happenstance kind of bullcrap like like to, to me it was a great ride like mm. it was fun uh it taught me a lot on not only the the wrestling side but the creative side of just anything which is kind of like why i like getting into the acting now uh because it's a good creative outlet where i don't gotta rely on you know like the wrestling bosses uh telling me what's mm -hmm. good for the character as far as you know having conversations about what is best and what's your vision of the character mm, yeah but, no, definitely but yeah uh you know you can say anything you know like mm -hmm. about like oh they dropped the ball and it's like did they really drop the ball though because there's lots of memorable moments within that action and you know people are going to remember it for a long time so i think it did its job yeah, no, I, it was one of my favorite factions. Uh, I think one of the best, I and mean, we're talking about memories of, of the Wyatt family, and, and I, I never remember, well, one of the things I remember the most was the Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson uh, bit where they're in the cage. <laughs> and he, uh, he, you know, and he takes that mark. And it's them bits like that, but just touching on hindsight, uh, Eric, we mentioned that yeah, it's easy sort of it's an easy thing to say in hindsight, but do you think perhaps in terms of the, the vignettes that you wanted to air on, on the VHS, would that have maybe made it to TV and say like when WWE was doing its attitude era when there wasn't maybe sort of sponsors that may have caused a little bit of issue with at the time where it would, didn't really matter back in the attitude era days? <laughs> uh I, I I get confused about the sponsorships because <laughs> Sponsor, sponsor, Walking Dead. Sponsor, sponsor, Sons of Anarchy. Like, so, like, it's a television show. We're not really kidnapping these people. We're portraying <laughs> them back to the audience for a second that maybe they may believe we kidnapped these people. Hey, please call the cops. Like, it's it's a TV show. If, if I'm watching a soap opera, say, The Young and the Restless with my wife, I'm not like, oh, my gosh, this character kidnapped this guy. I better call the police. Call the police. I, I have visions yeah. of Titus O'Neill yesterday on the commentary. I don't think sponsors care about that stuff too much. And if you go back to the attitude era, I think it would probably end up being a comedic segment. Mm. See, we say that about 
the soap operas and things, but I spoke to somebody who's involved with the production of Coronation Street, which is like a soap opera here in the UK. And they said things like when they get a character going to hospital, they get a load of get well soon cards sent to the off in the name of that character that's on the show. So I, I think some people do get into it to that sort of level. Yeah, I, I, I feel like sometimes I think wrestling fans sometimes get into it a little bit too much as far as blurring with signs of reality and uh no this guy's just uh like a dad or this guy this is mom you know they got kids at home and they have their own thing they do when they have their you know a couple days off uh, you know a week or a month mm. eric's what's been the biggest change in wrestling since you got in the business till today what would you say has been the biggest change in the industry i mean we're going to touch on the WWE have been bought out by Endeavor today. Obviously, that's huge news. But from when you got in the business, when you started out being getting into the professional wrestling game to where it is today, what do you have? What have you seen? Some for the good and some for the bad have been the main changes in wrestling. Uh, for the bad, I think it's too easy for people to get into the business and too easy for people to maybe get on television. Okay, and you know, and as as far as the good, I think you know people are getting paid better. Um, I think people are being treated better, and and you know, like if you're got a kid on the way, oh yeah, no, go home. Like you know, oh if you're sick, oh yeah, take a couple of days off. Like you'll be okay. <laughs> like mm. it's that's better that way. Like uh, you're not you're not working yourself. Like you know. 300 days a year, 200 days a year, you know, where you're away from your family. Like, I think they're better at like being more family oriented, knowing people have families and mm. need to be home and have a little bit of rest. Yeah. Uh, what did you boys, Eric, we'll start with you. What did you make today? Huge news. WWE, I never thought I'd see this day. It's been sold to Endeavor. I mean, I don't think it's going to affect the fans as much as people are saying on social media today, oh, WWE's been sold. It's all this is going to, not a lot's going to change. I don't think for the fans, I think if anything, it will be for the better. Um, what did you think when you heard the news today that obviously you've worked for the company that Vince McMahon has sold a large proportion of WWE has been taken over by Endeavor, who obviously run the uh, UFC as well. Did you, was that a shock to you when you heard that news today? Uh, nothing's a shock to me. Nothing. <laughs> like. Like, uh, like, what is it really going to change? Like, That's like is, is Vince still the, the the main executive there? Yes. Like, is Hunter still going to have a job there? Yes. So what is it going to change? Is Endeavor going to call up different talent that they like that doesn't work there and say, hey, we want you? No. <laughs> like, it's, it's still going to be... A business and it's still going to be run the way it's run and it's not going to change anything for the talent there i wouldn't think you know who knows like maybe maybe it'll be good financially for people or maybe it will be worse i don't know because mm. like, unless you're there and, you, and and you're being affected with whether it's a contract or whatnot you would you don't know I don't know how it's going to affect the way contracts are written out. Like that's about the only thing in my head is how how does it affect the people's bottom line, like the yeah. work that that, mm -hmm. that make it run, you know. 
Matt, Sorry. what did you think of the the sell today? Like um, Eric said, I don't think it's personally like you said. Vince is still apparently going to be in charge of creative. Hunter's still going to be there. I don't think it changed a whole lot. Shareholders, yes, and you know, as wrestling fans, I'm not gonna lie. I don't care about shareholders or you know how much money some guy in an office is making. I'm a wrestling fan. I'm invested in storytelling and what they're doing on Raw and SmackDown and in NXT. In the arena stuff, basically. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I mean, matters, do you think yeah. it changes much today? I think it it does behind the scenes, but us as you know wrestling fans, I, I'm with Eric. I don't think it changes too much. No, I can't see anything really changing, to be honest. But there is one thing that I think could potentially come off the back of this, and we spoke about this very briefly, we came on. I think there's kind of a perfect fit from the UFC in terms of a crossover to the WWE, and certainly in terms of the mic skills and everything you bring that, I think we could see Conor McGregor. WrestleMania, Conor McGregor versus... Mm. I, I think, you know, when we look at what Ronda Rousey, did in that sort of crossover. We saw Ken Shamrock do that crossover before. It has been done before and successful with no one with the charisma of Conor McGregor. And it just wouldn't surprise me if there was that sort of link somewhere. And didn't you say there's like a mystery partner or something? I think tonight's probably a bit too yeah, soon. But it it just wouldn't surprise me if we see this crossover. Yeah, no. Ads, did, what did you make of the sell today? Mate, obviously, you know, like I said, I didn't think I'd ever see Vince give any of this company up. And like, <laughs> but like Eric says, nothing surprises you in wrestling. You know what I mean? Nothing. Literally, you know, we've all heard the news and what's been going on with Vince over the past few months. And, you know, it's that all seems to be swept under the carpet. He's come back, sold his big share in WWE, and we move on. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, maybe the time. Well, I would say the timing, but the the I watched the uh, CNBC interview today, and he did kind of let it slip. There was a recorded CNBC interview because he mentioned that WrestleMania was tomorrow, which indicates the sale had already kind of gone through uh, prior to WrestleMania. But I don't think it changed much. I think we we may have to watch out for future endeavors, uh, maybe being happening. Um, in the next, you know, because obviously any, I, I work in a, my company's acquired 24 businesses in two years. So I know that there's a big transition and transitional periods, but in terms of, as long as it doesn't affect the product that we watch every week, um, we'll see as long as they keep the guys that they've got there, maybe some office people may have to be careful, but as long as, from my point of view, as long as the, uh, the action in the ring is good, then it yeah. doesn't really change anything from me. Yeah, no. Uh, Eric, just finishing up briefly on your stint in WWE before we segue into like what you're up to now and stuff. What was it like working for a Vince McMahon? We hear stories of him. He's intense. He's hard, you know, but I've also heard a few stories about like the, the kinder side, like the, the family man that he is. Um, what was it like for you personally? Dealing, I'm guessing he had some hands on roles with the White family and how he how he saw it portrayed and how you guys saw it portrayed might have been two different things. What was it like for you personally dealing with Vince McMahon? No, it was, it was fine. I never, I never had a problem with him. Uh, like he, he was never too hard on, on me. Like if, if he didn't like something, he'd tell you. He'd fix it. Then he'd be happy. But if you, I've seen him with other people where he'd say, "Hey, what are you doing? Do this," and they don't do it. Well, that's gonna piss off any boss, and you're gonna feel the wrath. So, you know, as far as that goes, like the same as any other boss he just happens to be you know in that position and so powerful and always around you mm, you know it's yeah. not it's not most times you work for a company where the owner of the company was the one you know criticizing what you do you know or you walking out after a match like 
you know, when when he liked it, he liked it. You know, there was there was times we came back with matches from the Usos. And he was on fire, and he's yes, we love it. Like so, like that's a win. That's a good day because you were happy. The if you're happy, and then you walk out, you see he's happy. Well, then you did your job. Mm, yeah, no, most definitely. Um, what does AEW bring to the world of wrestling since they burst onto the scene? Obviously, your good friend uh, Brody Lee, obviously done great things in AEW yourself, involved in AEW. What does AEW bring to the wrestling world? Because it's been getting a bit of a bad press recently. I mean, I don't think I don't think you could ever have enough wrestling if it's if a if it's somewhere for guys to go and work and provide a living for their family. I think it's great. B wrestling fans get more wrestling. You know, you don't all have to watch WWE or NXT. You know, back in the day we had WCW, we had TNA, like what is now Impact Wrestling. What do you think uh, AEW bring to the table, and what was your experiences like? I mean, they they have an alternative to the product you see now, uh, and it's you know got different things that aren't on the WWE product and give people an opportunity to, to see those things. And there's there's people that, that go there that you see in a different light than that might have been at other companies, which is funny because I always hear, oh, that guy's an ex-WWE guy. It's like, no, the guy's a wrestler who mm. happens to be working for a different company. He's providing, a, you know, that's what he does for a living period, and that's what, what, what he's doing, and he's showing a different side of his talent in a different company. So... Uh, to me, it's it's always good to have different opportunities, and the fans have different opportunities to like you know channel surf and see what they want. And you know, he acquired the the ROH, so now people can can watch that and see different, even more different talent. So, you know, it's 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 good for I think fans, but uh, you know, you 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 want more casuals to watch, and I don't think it's always the best option for casuals uh, uh, because you want to grow the business. You, you, you do, you want people to, I, I want to be able to, you know, talk about wrestling to somebody on the street and I'm not just bring up the rock them just not bring up stone cold. Like that's how you know that wrestling starting to be more mainstream is when people start recognizing more names on the street and start tuning in. Then you have, then you're getting more than a certain set number of viewers and you know there's alternatives and i just wish more people would tune in to watch but there's no specific answer on how to get those casuals to watch mm. that's uh that, that'll be a um something endeavor's got to figure out <laughs> <laughs> uh, just briefly last one for me um a person that we speak about fondly is brody lee what did that man mean to you? Um, he's come across, obviously, we've heard a lot more about him since his passing. Just come across as a great human being, a really good his AEW run, I thought was incredible as well. You know what I mean? What the, the ceiling was up there for him in AEW. Just speak to us about the, 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 the person, the human that you knew uh, and what he brought to the wrestling business. <laughs> Uh, obviously his, his, his talent, you can't, you, you can't even, you know, explain like he just had a natural knack for it and he, he knew exactly what he was doing and why he was doing it. And I think it portrayed to the crowd and connected to the crowd. And, um, that's why people loved them. And then, uh, you know, 
not to mention the fact, you know, behind the scenes, he's just like, you know, family man, a jokester, like, uh, everybody, everybody was drawn to him and, and loved him, you know? And, uh, to, to, to me, like we might've had friction when we first started, cause we both wanted to be singles wrestlers. And, uh, we were constantly married at the hip throughout our run and until we were split up and then they wanted us separate for some, some reason, but didn't want to use him at all. And, you know, that frustrated him beyond belief because that's why he asked for his release in the first place to, to prove that he was more than they were using. And, you know, uh, it's, it's, it, it's, it's just sad that, you know, the, the fact that we had to be married at it for so long and, uh, until we finally looked at each other, I think it was right before the bludgeon brother run. And cause we had worked a series of just singles matches with each other and we're like, why do we keep button heads? This is what they want. Let's work together and make it the best thing we can. That mm -hmm. It formed like a great friendship and respect for one another. And I think once we started having that more respect for what we did and what we brought to each other and brought out in each other, um, I think that that's kind of the, the, the start of like our, our kind of our, our friendship and like, family and we were genuinely happy for each other and everything we did mm -hmm. we would text i would when he was when he came out with aw or when i was doing stuff uh with roman before he came back like we um generally had you know love for each other so it's it just it just sucks and life's short i'm glad he got in a small moment of time to be able to show what he was capable in the ring at least a small little fraction uh and that people you know i i saw the the thing where cody handed uh little brody um the belt um which you know it's it's beautiful to see that and be, him to still be talked about in some sense in both companies just the wrestling community and you know how everybody um, is there for Amanda and the kids and you know, but yeah, it, it sucks, man. Like, mm, yeah, it's, it's, it's never fun. And it's like, whenever I do wrestle, you know, he's always there with me. I always hear him laughing and joking with me, <laughs> screwing with me somehow. Uh, but what's uh, the best rib he ever played on you? The best rib he ever played. Yeah, uh, I can imagine yeah. you guys all together. I bet there was some so, ribs. So he he really enjoyed screwing with me ringside during tape matches, especially when I had the mask and I set it up like in live events. I would set it up on the apron, like hang hanging up over the ring posts in our corner, and he would knock that thing down all the time. And he knew I'd be in character, so I'd drop down like, oh no, like deep down i'm just like mad because he'd like do something he'd see i do that and he'd be like oh tag me what are you doing tag just call <laughs> me out i'm like or <laughs> oh, like the you know like we'd, we'd be uh we'd bail out the ring and people would be uh in the ring doing their entrances and he'd just be like popping me in the chest like and i'm like doing like uh shuffles around the ring and then he'd like pop me again but if i popped him once oh come on man what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> oh fantastic sure go ahead mate oh you saw you actually touched upon a good thing there right? i was thinking about um which is you know you've already mentioned that you guys wanted to be singles 
and it kind of got me thinking about sort of tag team wrestling is for me a forgotten art like if you go back to the, the 80s and the 90s you had like the powers of pain legion of doom demolition fantastics midnight rock and roll express but it just feels like <clears throat> i mean not so much in aw i think aw have a solid tag division of tag teams people that have been tag teaming for years me had dante and darius martin for example they're maybe a bit younger, but they've been tag teaming because they're brothers. Obviously, we had the Hardy Boys. You got the Usos, but do you think like tag team wrestling itself is kind of like a forgotten art nowadays, especially within the WWE more so than maybe AEW or Ring of Honor? I mean, a little, a little bit. Uh, I don't think it's given the chance to really flourish. I saw that the main event was the tag team match uh, <laughs> that had a good story, so that was that was nice. The, see, I'll have to go back and watch that with the Usos. Oh yeah, that was great, great match. Sammy and Kevin. Uh, but like, because like, if, if if you have a a tag team match with a great story, it's 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 gonna steal the show. Like, n- no doubt about it. Like, because there's so much going on during a tag match to, for the fans to digest, and it is an art because you need the fans at home to be able to watch, or the fans in the audience to be able to see all these things going on at once. So you need something to happen here. Oh, then this happens here. But you need people's attention to go different places, and you need to all four or five with the ref all work together. And that is an art. And, you know, like, yeah, you have a lot of guys that are thrown together. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it's interesting. I remember we got thrown with Daniel Bryan, and you know, <laughs> we, we, we won the belts. And for what it was, you know, I thought I thought it was interesting enough where it kind of worked and you know we were different enough but we tried to tell some sort of reason why we were together uh and then like i saw that bronze now with ricochet some i think i try to figure out why they're together because i wish they'd be able to talk about it yeah i I think think it was um i think that was more to do with braun tweeted about something about uh uh uh, gymnastic wrestling or something like that and it kind of kind of had a little bit of a go to and fro about it and then the wwe decided to put them together and make a little and large so is that it was that a story that was told on television uh, yeah, I think it was when they were oh, feuding. Yeah, yeah, yeah when yeah. they were feuding, it was. Yeah, because I say Braun tweeted it out about. I, I can't remember the the. What, it was about little people and and doing all the flips and stuff like that. Uh, I think it was because he had a match with Omos, uh, uh, Saudi Arabia, and then he tweeted out something about, oh, it's not just the like the smaller guys that can do these great matches and put on these great matches and not do so many flips. And then Ricochet, I think, responded to that, and then they had a little feud which was mentioned on air, and then they got put together. <clears throat> You just started on social media now. That's the, <laughs> that the, was what I was going to say about I'm, your question. I'm, I'm, there, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just laughing. I'm shaking my head right now because I'm thinking about uh, Brock uh, tweeting about flippy floppers. <laughs> that was what it was about. Yeah, that was yeah. kind of what it was about, wasn't it? Yeah. But go yeah. on, Matt. You said you're going to mate. Yeah. Um, when you was mentioning about tag teams and a bit of a dying art but i mean you'll probably know better than me how many people actually set out to be a tag team wrestler now it seems like it is those sort of situations like say where we're getting teams mashed together or just made together and there's not many people that actually come through like certainly in terms of nxt or where where they set off to be a tag team it seems to be two singles guys and they're just sort of chuck a three or a four together and some will come off the back of it. Is there many sort of people in training centers at the moment that want to be tag teams? 
stumped him, Matt. You've stumped him. I don't, I don't know <laughs> if I have the answer to that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I just can't think of too many. I mean, certainly when you look even further down to the independents, you can tell the ones because they've got completely contrasting kits and they don't match. They're just two sort of singles guys put together and that seems to be sort of what it is now. That's why you probably can name people like the Hardy Boys or the Usos or the teams that you've mentioned already because they stand out because they actually set off with the ambition to be a tag team. Well, it's like you look at Kofi, Etor, and Woods. Now, each one of them wants to be a singles, single star. They've all proven they can be single stars, but they work great as a team because they set out to say, hey, we need to make this work, yeah. and they make it work. I mean, they're like yeah. the longest reigning tag team in history at the minute with how long they've been going in terms of, I know there was talks about splitting them up. I mean, they kept trying to do it so many times in the past, but they just, I think they're great singly, but they're also great together. Mm. That's and it hasn't stopped them having their individual moments, has it? No, yeah, no, it hasn't. At WrestleMania, Woods at the King of the Ring. Yeah. And obviously yeah. If you think back to it, a lot of these, if you look at the great like tag teams, all of them were great singles workers. Mm. All of them. Shawn yeah. Michaels with the Rockers, you know what I mean? You, that's where it all started. You know, it's it, they do go on to do bigger and better things. Um, well, hey, yeah, go on, that's sorry, mate. Go oh, on, sorry, we had a viewer question. Sorry, I remember uh, a good friend of mine, Dave Robertson, asked. Um, obviously, you've, you've done both WWE, AEW. Um, AEW brung out the trios championships. Um, do you think that's something that could have worked in the WWE, have done right, or do you think because of the way? The tag team wrestling is it probably wouldn't have made it as successful as what AEW have done with the with the trios. <clears throat> uh I think WWE has to like continue using the tag team, you know, title as mm. something more. You know what I mean? And have yeah. those titles mean more. Keep going with what you got before they start releasing more titles. Are you a yeah. fan of like uh long reigns as champions? I, we were talking off air, me and Andy, and we were saying that what we've liked at the minute is there hasn't been many title changes across the board uh, at the moment. And it actually then actually makes that title mean more because it doesn't keep changing hands every five minutes. I, 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 I like it, but I, I do hope, I do hope that like at the pay-per-views, there's a challenger every pay-per-view for the title. Yeah. And I, I, I heard there was, because I know Braun and Ricochet were part of this big four way. I haven't mm -hmm. seen it yet. But I, I wish like that would have like the winner has an opportunity at the next pay per view to face the winner. I think oh, they mentioned that could happen. Yeah, they did mention that could happen. But but like I, there needs to be some sort of stakes, and then there need are they need to have like a, a tag title tournaments for a number one contender, just like they do for the intercontinental or the U.S. title. Like, and this goes on the other side too, but like the other companies as well. Like, mm. you need stories to tell. You know, so I, I don't know. what do you think of Roman uh, the Roman Reigns run? It's it's been unprecedented since you know the Hogan's Bruno San Martino days. Everyone thought Cody was winning last night. Well, apart from maybe us on here, we said that Roman. I back from a few weeks ago. I said, some of us on here said Roman <laughs> were going to keep the title. But hey, what did you make? Well, what do you make of this? It's you know it's it's historical, and we're part of wrestling history right now. Do you think it's gone on too long, or like Roman said in his interview in the in the press uh, pack after the Mania, he said, "Get someone to come and take this off me." You know, clearly WWE don't think that Cody is the guy right now. 
I mean, me and I know myself and Adam are praying that something happens at Money in the Bank in London because we're going to be there. But what do you make of this historic run by Roman Reigns? Because a lot of the modern wrestling fans, shall we say, they've never seen anything like this at all. I got all of my friends messaging me this morning going, I can't believe Roman's still got the title and I've had enough of this now. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm enjoying it. I mean, what did... A, what do you make of it as a professional wrestler? What what would the boys in the back be making? Because everyone, let's not lie, everyone wants to be in Roman's spot, but not everyone can do that. What do you make of this long title run so far? I mean, like, I, I love it because he's a heel. Mm. He has the belt. He healed to keep it. Uh, so as long as he keeps doing that and selling out arenas, like, yeah. who are the boys really going to be mad? And then, hey, you always got somebody new to face. Mm. And if you, whoever does beat them when they're ready and when the company's ready, that's your next guy. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, they, they have a great heel on top that's selling out, doing stories. You know, you got your baby face that just lost. He wants maybe he'll get a, a title shot again, mm. but like it, it keeps interest in people and guaranteed, no matter who he faces next, it'll be a sellout because people want to see him lose, mm. and that's yeah. a, that's a sign of a great deal. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. You're right. You're right. Uh, one of my um, one of my friends, Daniel, asked me to ask you, what is your proudest moment in wrestling? proudest moment mm -hmm. oh i mean we we have we have moments we like like um when i won the the tag belts finally with uh with john at uh, mania uh that was a moment that you know i was very proud of uh but it's funny i, I think for me like my moments of proudness are i think in showing people things they didn't think I was capable of doing and that I know I'm capable of. So it, it could be as simple as, Hey, I had that, uh, me and Roman had a, had a tiny feud and I started talking on the mic a little bit. And to me, I was proud of that work because people didn't expect it from me, but I expected it for myself. Um, I did a, a small talking smack segment. There's like five minutes of talking. Nobody had ever heard me speak. If you go back and watch it, it's very emotional because I was given an opportunity to speak. And I'm proud of that little segment because it was me showing what I wanted a character to be. Whether or not it went anywhere, I don't care. <laughs> I'm proud of it because I was giving a chance I killed it the way I wanted to kill it, showed the bosses what I could do, and it was on them whether they wanted to use it or not. Those are the moments that make me proud, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, yeah, no, it's, no very well said. He had a little follow-up question. If the call come, would we ever see you back in the WWE? They have to let me do my acting. <laughs> <laughs> that was my next question. What are you up to now? But that kind of, yeah, that kind of segues, uh, segues into it. I mean, wrestlers come, they come back all the, the, me and Adam say this all the time, the famous saying, never say never. But is it, is, you know, and you like you said earlier, they are more accommodating around schedules now. But 
you can kind of segue into that. Obviously, you're getting more involved in your acting now. Um, would we ever see you back in a WWE ring if the circumstance was right for you? If, if the circumstances are right, absolutely. Because I do have unfinished business there. I mean, I felt like I was on a on a path to start showing people more of what I could do. That I was stuck with a, a weird story of the cage where they told me not to talk. And I did what they said. Uh, because I'm not going to go off script and, you know, <laughs> what's that going to prove? Uh, you do your job. Uh, COVID happens. I have unf unfinished business. Uh, so do I, do I still get an urge to, to be like, yeah, it'd be nice to, to lace it up against Drew or Seamus or Gunther. Yeah. Cause like, I know I can, I can hang in there and give like those are guys are given. I was watching that match laughing my ass off because I was enjoying it. I was enjoying the physicality because I miss that sort of physicality in wrestling. I miss that believability. And not saying that everybody's stuff isn't believable, but but you can you can hear and you can feel what those guys are going through in that ring. Mm -hmm. And you know what they went through because you can see it in their eyes, you can see it on their chest. Uh, they were hitting each other in safe spots. I didn't notice them having black eyes after their matches. Uh, so, like, that's the kind of wrestling I enjoyed. And, yeah, it gets a fire under under you that, oh, man, you know, you still want to do it. So when you say, would you ever go back? Yeah, I'd go back if circumstances are right. Uh, would I go back just, just because I want to go back? And, you know, it, it, for what? What's the reason? Mm -hmm. Like yeah. to me, it's the same everywhere. Why, why do you want me on your product? Mm. What are you going to have me do? Do I get to have a story? I want a story. I want a reason to be here. I don't want to be a guy that comes in one week and faces somebody and then just leaves. I want to have a story as to why I'm facing this guy. Mm. Yeah, no, I, great. Yeah, it's true. At, don't go at, to at, at, at this point, you know, in my, in my life, I'm like, the older I get, the harder it is to keep in shape. The harder it is to, you know, to wrestle. I I just did like a like a small three day tour in Canada, and it was like, yeah. After the second day, you're starting to like, okay, yeah, I start to 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 feel like having, you know, this is fun again. But like, you know, just sitting back and you know having other creative outlets is like, do I really want to? What's the point? Uh, and again, I don't want to be a guy that that's why I, I take my, you know, I have, I have this interest in other things, but I also have this love for professional wrestling. And to me, it's like, I'm, I'm obviously going to keep up with wrestling. I'm still going to wrestle and do, do that, keep up with that. But I have other interests and I'm not just going to sit and wait for something mm -hmm. to maybe happen. Yeah, I'm not going to sit here and, and pitch myself to people that probably will never listen to it. Like, mm -hmm. here's why I should be, you know, given this chance, because at, at the end of the day, that's not my choice to make. Yeah. It's, it's, it's these people that make these decisions. If they want it, they want it. If they don't, they don't. There's no reason for me to pitch myself to anybody, especially, you know, with the career I've had so far. Mm -hmm. No, very well put. Matt, any questions before we get out of here, my friend? <laughs> 
No, I think literally everything I was going to go through sort of got covered in that one, really. So there was just so much relatability, though, which I really enjoyed. Like when you mentioned about the proudest moment and things like that, I really enjoyed listening to that one because I get that quite a lot with darts with what I do. And a lot of the time people think it's sort of that extrinsic motivation, the one that got you the biggest win or the biggest lights or the biggest money. It's just great to hear someone else from another sport as well talking about that same thing because some of my proudest moments come when you're playing in a little hall somewhere where there's not even a camera on the board and you're in the little back room somewhere and no one even knows the game exists till the result pops up on the internet somewhere so yeah it's so cool just to hear those sort of stories and know that i'm not alone in that sort of thinking Mm, definitely ads no i think we need to just do our our shout outs to our partners quick before we head off uh obviously Jurassic Pro Wrestling, uh, we are attending on Sunday, uh, the 9th. We're recording this on a Monday. Uh, so we are uh, platinum partners of Jurassic Pro Wrestling. We will be there for their pay-per-view, White Rabbit. Uh, one of our wrestlers that we sponsor, Corey McRae, is going to be there in a last man standing match. So we'll probably have a chat with him prior to that. I don't think we need to talk to him after that. We not need to um, give him a bit of time to heal up. Um, Pro Wrestling Carnage in Wales just come off their show at the weekend. They've got another one now in May called, I think it's Lord of the Ring or something they're doing. Uh, I've just got a notification from that. And of course, Andy, you can do the Ignite because this is your baby. Uh, yeah, we are sponsoring uh, Buckle Up. It's going to be a wrestling event um, coming up this, uh, this uh, we're kind of in the summer. Uh, Ignite Wrestling Pro uh, and ourselves have, have teamed up. We are going to we're having kind of we're having our own pay-per-view it's called yeah. buckle up uh it's going to be a great event uh i urge everyone to come down keep an eye on our socials at hct buckle uh for more information on that coming out soon but eric just before we finish up my friend tell our listeners where they can find you yeah what are you up to now acting uh yes uh doing doing a bit of acting uh you can always catch up with what i have once it's been released, usually through imbd.com, it'll tell you, uh, just type in Joseph Rude or Eric Rowan, Eric Redbeard, it usually pops up. Um, uh, you can check out a film I did called Ghost of the Ozarks. It's available now either on Amazon streaming uh, or Tubi. Um, if you have Paramount Plus, you can check out me in the first season of Mayor of Kingstown, starring Jeremy Renner. Uh, there's a short I just finished on YouTube. Just type in Tito. Claudio Castanoli is also in that. Uh, Cesaro, people may know him as. Yeah. Um, in, in his acting debut, which I thought he did wonderful in that. Um, that is called Tito. It is just type in Tito short film on YouTube and you'll be able to find it. It's getting um, some buzz and awards on the short uh, festival circuit. Um, Anthony Notarelli was the writer-director of that, and I thought he did great. And the lead actor is also great in that film. So check it out if you got time. Check me out on social medias at Eric Redbeard, either on Twitter or Instagram. Other than that, anybody in the States can see me this weekend at Squared uh, Circle Expo Convention on Saturday in Indianapolis, Indiana. Tremendous, tremendous. Subject. Thank you so much for taking the time out to come on our podcast. I know you are a very busy man. Uh, we've admired your career. Uh, keep doing what you're doing, my friend. I wish you all the luck with the acting. I personally hope I see you back in a WWE ring one day. There is unfinished business there, my friend. So we wish you every success and, uh, and good luck with everything, mate. 
Thank you. No worries, no worries. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Hitting the Turnbuckle podcast. I've been your host, Andy Burrows, with my good friend and co-host, Mr. Adam Cousins. Till next time, everybody, stay safe. Hey, everybody. Thank you for checking out the Hitting the Turnbuckle podcast. Make sure you go and check us out on all social media. Twitter, you can find us at HTT Buckle. Facebook, just search the Hitting the Turnbuckle podcast.